you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? I have. And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 341, a.k.a. Year 7, Week 39. Coming at you this week, as always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... KS. And MC. Wow, you guys, like, flipped the script that time. Good job. (laughs) Good job, KS, for jumping in. (laughs) I was deep in thought. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to say next? Oh, yeah, MC. The the intro intro music (laughs) threw me off. I was... was yeah, all right. it took me for a trip. Interesting. We've <laughs> been doing it for months. Ever, ever since KS suggested it, like that's been the thing. Uh, if you guys want to participate in the show, we do it on Clubhouse. So join us there. The club is the Anarchist Experience, uh, or you can at me, Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, uh, to get the little notifications when I start the live broadcast or Clubhouse or Club or whatever you want to call it. Um, so deep in thought, MC, what's... What's going through that brain of yours, man? <laughs> you don't want to. Know. <laughs> well, okay. So the big the big news this week, like we have headlines. I got a bunch of headlines. Surprisingly, a bunch of headlines for how kind of innocuous the news cycle was this week. So the the big thing that you know was the well two big things I guess in in the pop culture news sphere was the uh, Joe Rogan Sanjay Gupta. Uh, debate or conversation or whatever you want to call it uh, on the Joe Rogan experience. I didn't listen to the whole thing because fucking Joe Rogan show is too goddamn long to hold my attention and I don't piece up stuff like that. So I watched a few clips and it was okay. Yeah. I can see how, you know, if the, if the whole conversation was like that and then it could be pretty dicey. Um, and then there was the, I'm going to call it fallout from the Dave Chappelle uh, Netflix special, the closer. So what are your thoughts on the Sanjay Gupta, Joe Rogan thing, or for for KS MC, I guess if you want to fill in the blanks a little bit, since KS didn't um, see it, yeah, please do. So Sanjay Gupta agreed to go on the Joe Rogan Experience, and against the, that was his uh, first wishes, mistake against the wishes of the the radical left and CNN and everybody pretty much, um, because they said, oh, he might attack you verbally make you look bad and he's like well you know i'm gonna try to convince joe rogan to get the vaccine even though joe rogan already had the virus and cleared it in two days and afterwards he came out and did an article or something that basically said that he was in fear that joe rogan was actually going to physically attack him at some point right. during that question so, so yeah and the way it was written was just more of like his his feelings about what happened when going going in, in that moment, I, you know, here's this big, strong man sitting across the table from me. And at any point I thought he was going to punch me in the it's, mouth. It's, it's like when, when people go to a shooting range, you know, and then they, they say, Oh, I was terrified when I shot it. It's like, really? <laughs> Why? It doesn't make any sense. It, all it does is go pop. You yeah. Know? You're not having enough fun. If that's your experience at the shooting range. Right. 
Um, yeah, so people are either disingenuous when they say they're afraid of uh, shooting gu- a gun or they're disingenuous when they, they're sitting across from Joe Rogan or they're just, uh, you know, total pussies. So, um, I mean, Joe Rogan, Rogan has a martial arts background, but I don't, he doesn't have a history of violence or attacking well, he people. Has, he has a history of stopping violence. Yeah. Um, if, and that's one of the reasons why he got popular is a, a few of the times on uh, Fear Factor when he, he, you know, put people in their place and, and, and no violence happened. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But he, he is, I don't, I can't think of one story where Joe Rogan was the aggressor in a situation, right. despite being like, you know, capable of handling himself in hand to hand combat. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure if he, he kicked me, I would die, but um, <laughs> pretty sure. No, no, I'm with you. I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen his kicks. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous, but I would not give him any reason to kick me. So. Yeah. And um, sitting across from him on a podcast is not, you know, grounds to for him to jump across the table and assault anybody. Right. Right. It's it's the most mellow place you get to see Joe Rogan. He's just yeah. there chilling, asking questions. Now, the questions so, were somewhat provocative. Right? Yeah. So anyway, the whole thing revolved around uh, Joe Rogan. He took ivermectin and CNN, which uh, Gupta uh, works for. uh and, Chief you know, medical he's, he's officer the, or something he's, like he's, that. He's he's the CNN doctor. You know? you know, maybe they should ask him before they start lying about Joe Rogan taking uh, horse paste. What was that? Well, I <laughs> okay. We were talking. <laughs> that about wasn't the, me. Joe Rogan um, and Sanjay Gupta thing. So I I found it on YouTube and I thought I would look at it, but then I I. I muted it, so there's no sound. Okay, so that, that was, was you. Uh, that was okay. KS's computer. Okay. All right, so um, so anyway, yeah. So Joe, Joe Rogan was talking. Uh, he was grilling uh, Gupta about the lies from CNN, and and you know he very directly. Did, like, why did and, you guys lie about this? And Gupta did admit that yeah, they shouldn't have done that. But um, is that good enough? What they you know? admitted to lying? No, no. Gupta said that he didn't admit to lying, but what he said is they shouldn't have said that. Yeah, they shouldn't That's, have considered it a horse dewormer um, while describing ivermectin oh, in relation to what okay. Joe Rogan was taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Joe he Rogan went back. He went back on like Don Lemon's show afterwards, right? And Don Lemon said it again, and Gupta didn't correct him after admitting it on Joe Rogan's show. It was kind of a weird scenario thing going on there. Yeah. So uh, Gupta is, is worthless, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So situation normal. Um, that they double down on their lies, and uh, a certain amount of population will believe it. So, which is whatever. bizarre at this point, right? Well, why? Why is why is it bizarre? <sighs> because. I don't like how many times can you get caught lying before people just go like, no, I don't believe it. Right. Like the boy who cried wolf was done on the third try. Well, because not everybody gets the message. So people that listen to Joe Rogan, all get the message, but most people don't. So there's, you know, CNN isn't interested in hanging on is, you know, impressing anybody uh, that listens to Joe Rogan. Um, they're interested in keeping their base wrapped around their finger. 
And so they will, you know, it's just, it's the same thing Trump would do. Just never admit to a mistake. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I would, and I would say the same thing about Trump. How do you trust that guy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still frustrated about that too. It's like, you know, uh, Trump failed to drain the swamp. Why do people think he will do it if he gets elected again? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so let's move on to Trump real quickly. Unless, do you need more on this Gupta thing, KS? Because we can circle back. No. Okay. I mean, I. You got the idea. I'll view that later. The the thing because I never I never heard of either of those guys. Okay. (laughs) Believe it or not. So at some point during this week, Donald Trump came out and told, uh, like his Republican base, "Don't vote in the upcoming election." And I went, well, that's weird, right? Like, I, I always tell people don't vote. Like, why would you do that, right? <laughs> like, you know, that's, that is my position. Uh, it is a weird position to hear coming from Donald Trump. He goes like, well, don't vote until they figure this thing out, until they figure out, you know, the, um, the, the, the lies and the deceit and the, the fraud, the voter fraud. That's the word I'm looking for. Well, that's certainly not going to have <clears throat> the, uh, I mean, then they lose, they have even less, influence than i suppose than in in figuring it out right i i say let let it all burn down like let, give every give all the power to the get democrats democrats i can't talk with these braces and um <laughs> democrats but uh <laughs> give all the power to them demo rats and, and then see what happens and be like ha 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 that's what you get suckers <laughs> you know? no but we already know what happens right we, <laughs> yeah, we, we have examples california <laughs> california uh, Detroit, Chicago, DC, right? Those those are like the strongholds, and they're shitholes. Yeah. So, I don't know. Bring it on. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. I'm like, okay, so what's like? I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think in terms of uh, the the Donald Trump 4D 8D chess thing, right? <laughs> like how how are they going to spin this into positive information are, to become? Are you Trump? sure? He he actually means that, or was he just trying to be controversial and get attention? Man, that's that another thing? good question. I don't know. <laughs> it seems is sincere. That, is to anybody me? actually going to listen to him and not vote? <laughs> we're, well, we're going to find out. Especially if he plans on running again, right? I'm going to run again in 2024, but nobody vote until they figure out the voter fraud thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's it an interesting like strategy. In the- a narcissist would say, don't vote for anybody until I arrive. <laughs> okay. See, well, okay. There's your angle then. <laughs> right. I, I can understand that angle. Don't vote until we're certain that I'm going to be back on the ballot. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many assholes get elected as long as you elect me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, again, interesting angle. Like, I don't know. It, it could be it, but it caught me. It caught me off guard. Cause I'm again, I'm like, what's the angle here? How could this possibly be a good thing? Um, if you're one of those people that wants to get into power, right? So I have, I have to separate that from my personal position, which is always don't vote. Why would you do that? It's a bullshit. The game, the game is always rigged. Like why participate? Right. And I go, I, okay, well, fine. That's I, my, I position. really think it is. If, if Trump is the only thing that matters, then yeah, don't vote for anybody else. <laughs> okay. But again, you gotta, you gotta put yourself in Trump's shoes, right? This is that's, what I'm that's trying what to I'm do. Saying. I, I, he's the only one that matters. So, so don't, don't vote in the in the midterms because okay. it all that matters is that Trump wins. Okay, are it's you the Trump? Are you saving your vote? 
Like you, you like is it like camera? Is it uh, what? Do you, your extra like minutes on your cell phone program? Yeah, you only you only get that vote once. Myself. No, it's 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 to prove loyalty to Trump. That's what okay. it is. All right. If you only vote for Trump and no, and you know, <laughs> the local elections don't matter. Okay. It, it, the, you know, once you get the supreme ruler in there, that's all that matters. Then you can be happy for the rest of your life. But then, then he's going to have even more opposition. Even if you think about it like that, he's going to have more opposition <laughs> because course. the Senate, the House, he, right? He doesn't know how all the, gonna, that all that works. He was there for four years. Yeah, and then that's what he wants. He wants to sit there again. Okay. He wants to <laughs> be like Biden, years. just be on set for the, the, yeah, the for the cameras. Pretty much, I think so. Not even in the White House, just the stage outside of the White House. I mean, he probably has a mock setup of the White House at his house. So, Trump or Biden? Uh, well, both of them. <laughs> we, know, we know Biden does. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that, right? Uh, KS, the, the, yeah, the yeah. staging yeah. of everything. Yeah, MC showed me that. The beautiful <laughs> thing about that is, right, is people are going like, wow, look at that. Not only is he like the puppet figurehead president, they don't even let him into the real White House. <laughs> right like no no joe you stand over here for the press stuff the real business is going on inside we'll come and get you later when it's time for ice cream so let's go is, is obama still sitting in the, in the white house is that is that, that? <laughs> i don't know could be it, it, it always it almost seems like you know well who is in charge is the big question they called like you know Joe Biden's this his this time he's in office like you know Obama's third term. It's like ah yeah we got we got Obama back, but it's through Joe Biden because there's you know the mini connection there. Um, yeah. So who knows if if he's like on call making decisions, pulling the strings behind the scene? I don't know. I don't think I know enough about Obama's policies from when he was president to be like yeah that's totally an Obama move. Only only Barack would do that. You know kind of a thing. I don't know. Like bombing Syria, right signature now, signature bomber. Go ahead. What I see it right now is is as the it's like the the left DNC uh, being pu- pulled around by the the leftist media is calling the shots. Okay, it, it's just it's, I just I don't know. I just think current policy is just weird, and it, <laughs> yeah, it, seem, it seems like the media circus is driving politics. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, I I don't know if I'm if I don't I don't know if I want to call that a bad thing because at least the media right is is mostly private entities right they're mm, they're controlling no. the state but you don't no, have to listen to the media they're in, they're in bed with the like the deep state oh, okay the, the, the bureaucrats that never leave right so. Um, this is, it's, it's more like, a uh, an ide- ideological cult, uh, is running things. It's not really, uh, entities, you know, it's not <laughs> so beyond the media then, because CNN's getting like yeah. their worst ratings ever. People are turning it off, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the old, uh, libertarian anarcho, you know, position of vote with your dollars, right. Is happening. Right, mm-hmm. people are going like, eh, CNN, you know, mostly mostly liars and bullshit. Uh, yeah. We're we're going to turn that off. So, 
it's with well, the left and the media are okay with driving themselves uh, out of business. So, you know, it's, uh, it's really weird. It's like yeah, you, you would think you would think Biden would <clears throat> look at things and be like, oh, things are getting worse. Maybe I should like uh, unban vaccinated people. But nope, they double down on it. <laughs> yeah. Or un- unban unvaccinated people. Yeah, sorry. Unban, un- yeah. Yeah, they, they double down on it. But again, like Biden's just a figurehead, right? So who's, who's calling for that and why does the media care? Um, we didn't talk about this on the show and I think I... I think I have this article pulled up as show prep, not for this show. Um, well, but, uh, the, why does the media, the media cares because they believe that uh, these, these vaccines are some holy thing that everybody should worship. So <laughs> that's why they're doubling down on it. It's, it's not logical. Like it's, it's making things worse, not better. Right. So I was, I was at, um, I was at dinner several weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and one of the persons I was having a conversation with was um, talking about like the the four conditions of something or other that gets people to go along with the, the mainstream narrative. And it was fascinating, right? I was like, I was really interested in what she had to say. And then I was, again, I was doing my show prep and I got this, uh, this is from lourockwell.com. I'm not going to read the whole article. Um, just because this is the part that I wanted to pull out of it, but the four conditions must be met to enable this mass formation, a large presence of socially isolated individuals. This described as the most important. So socially isolated, socially isolated individuals, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that's what they did during the lockdown, right? Everyone was socially isolated. All right, check. Second, a large number of people who lack sense-making in their lives. Well, yeah, all those people who are socially isolated. Third, lots of free-floating anxiety, anxiety not connected to a mental representation. So you got all these, you know, uh, uh, people who can't make sense of things, isolated away from everybody, and scared to death of this, you know, COVID-19 virus. And fourth, free-floating psychological discontent. Anger and frustration aimed at, uh, well, they don't know exactly. And you need mass media. And and as Waters adds, the media must be corruptible. So what this lady was telling me at dinner and then what I just highlighted in the article because I was able to find what she was talking about, you know, through happenstance, um, is like the situation that may have been created conspiracy theories out there uh to get us to the situation where we are now and, and this is like you know a a psychological study so look that up if you want to i'm not going to post that one uh here's the, the name of the article is why smart people are so stupid uh on lourockwell.com but that's what i wanted to highlight there um so yeah so you got yeah and and it could be a big uh conspiracy or it could there there could be things that just happened in in this circumstantial um, well, if we're talking about I, the deep state, it's either it's either a conspiracy or they're taking way much way too much advantage of the circumstance, right? And so, what what I saw is that uh, the Afghanistan thing that that happened um, was really bad for Biden's numbers, and Biden was losing his base. So, what do you do to get your base back? Oh, well, yeah, implement a lockdown or. Uh, a vaccine mandate, 
And of course that's going to piss a lot of people off on the right. Yeah. And maybe some in the middle, but it's not going to piss off your base. They're going to, they're going to come right back. They're going to be, Oh yeah. Well, this is why we have Biden here because he needs to put the mandates on people. It bolsters your base. Right. So that's what he was worried about. He was worried about losing his base because of Afghanistan. Okay. And then out comes the, Oh, now we, now the vaccine is the most important thing in the world. So I think if Afghanistan would have went a lot better, uh, the, then he, then that wouldn't come out because, uh, jobs were coming back. The numbers were improving until all of a sudden Biden, you know, changed his mind about that, any of that being important. So what is important to the administration is, uh, its base. That's, and it's the same as, same as Trump, you know, uh, Trump will double down on the immigration thing and, you know, whatever else to uh, keep his base. Yeah. I think he kind of misread his base a little bit, though, because Who's? number one, telling people not to vote seems like a bad idea to me. But also, no, that that's it I goes it. along with his base to me. OK, if, if losing Definitely. elections is like your goal, then fine. You know, I don't care. It just he doesn't he doesn't care about the Republican Party. OK, <laughs> But also, the Republican Party doesn't even, for the most part, doesn't even like him. But also, telling his base uh, to go get vaccinated, right, was a big one. Like he got he booed that. at a Trump yeah, rally. He, he did. Yeah. When was that? He uh, basically every time he goes out and speaks, he he says people should get vaccinated. I want to say within the last month, whether or not we talked yeah. about it here. Yeah. Hmm. And that, that seems to, uh, not strategic because I mean he doesn't tell them all to wear masks. I mean. Uh, you know, and they come to his rallies, and they're very much but anti-vaxxers. And that actually makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> to get vaccinated, I mean, if you're not going to wear the mask. By by saying, well, if you have a vaccine that you created, it's the Trump vaccine, according to, uh, according to him. Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that oh, makes he, sense. He Go. considers it the Trump vaccine because it happened under his watch. Yeah, and he I, he oh. pushed for that, and it's called you know his Operation Warp Speed or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. He he takes credit for that, and he thinks people should get the vaccine. So, not whatever. only did he push it, everyone on the left was saying like, "I will not take this vaccine. I will not take this experimental <laughs> drug." Right? There's no way I'm trusting in Trump's me- methodology or medicines at all. There's video of this <laughs> on yeah. YouTube compilations, and, and and a whole bunch of people on Twitter saying, you know, reposting it. Yeah, saying the same thing. Really? Until until Joe Biden said, guess what, guys? We've got a vaccine. And then, like, everyone's got to get their mandated vaccine. It's the best <laughs> thing we could possibly do. Yeah. Follow the trust, the science. Yeah. But when it was the same doctors in the Trump administration, Just you didn't trust those scientists. Tr- don't trust the Trump science, but the the, the Biden science is, is so much better. Same fucking scientists. <laughs> it's the same guys. Right, yeah. Trump. Trump had his little, you know, mini battle tiff or whatever with Dr. Fauci, and but now Dr. Fauci's the man from the yeah, on the I, Biden side. I think we do actually live in in the twilight zone. Yeah, <laughs> there's. But but if you keep that in mind, then that means uh, some of this is uh, alterable, right? <laughs> My favorite are all the posts like, "How did we get stuck in this timeline?" <laughs> like uh, of all the multiverses that are possible, all the timelines and all the universes, all, all the multiverses that are possible, like this is ours. We get we get this nonsense. Yeah, I want but a at different. At the same timeline. time, 
I've, I've also said that, you know, if, if the government wasn't doing all this crazy stuff, then I'd have nothing to complain about. And I, I like complaining a lot. So, yeah. uh, in, in a weird sense, um, this is the best timeline ever. <laughs> well, and I'm, again, it's just so messed up. <laughs> sunk cost fallacy because and the seen and the unseen because there's always going to be something to complain about right and we're stuck complaining yeah, about yeah, this and, and not about better things and i would be complaining about uh why video games aren't better or <laughs> whatever yeah. but um i'd much rather have actually that conversation i don't know i like i i like the the more um the real craziness <laughs> yeah i mean again i'm i'm with you in a lot of ways, it's, it's, because I don't mind if the whole system burns, like I'm, you know. Like, it's really interesting. Roasting live, the marshmallows. I, and, and you know what? I guess times have always been interesting, right, Chaos? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, I th- okay, so I think the difference is times have always been interesting. Like, I believe that we always feel like we're we're in a state of of stagnation, right? Like, this is the way it is. And this is the way it's always been. And that is clearly not the case at all. Well, I always say it could always get worse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But a lot of the big international changes, right, happened elsewhere. And so what makes this times interesting for us is the big international change is happening in the U.S. Like, and we're living through it kind of a thing. And who knows what it's going to look like on the other side if we make it through that transition, right? You know, like the fall of communism in China or the breakup of the Soviet Union. Like, that was rough for those people that lived through it. And we might be there in the U.S. But we don't want to think about that because the U.S. is strong and it's always been. It's the United States, you know, from eternity to eternity kind of a thing. There will always be 50 Right, 50 states, that's the magic number. And the lines that we have drawn will always be the lines because that's how we drew them, right? But the borders fluctuate all the time elsewhere, just not here. Well, so I think I that's think, what makes it interesting. I think the U.S., uh, you know, being the world police, have tried to get to, to resist that throughout the world. We're, we're the ones that say, no, you, you can't redraw your borders. You know, that's what Iraq should have done is redrawn their borders. Of but course. We... We, you know, the guard dog, oh, no, no, this is the way it is. You can't change any of that. Yeah. Um, We put those lines on the map for a reason. You just stay in them. (laughs) But even at that, they're contradictory. They'll use that justification on one hand, and then the other hand in Kosovo, they told Serbia, no, 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 you've got to allow secession. I mean, it's always at their convenience. um, Of course. For some political motive. And and maybe it was the tail wags the dog. Maybe Clinton just needed a, a diversion from Luke. Monica Lewinsky and, um, you know, who knows what all these things are? Well, I mean, the ongoing Israel-Palestine, right? That's, yeah, a a permanently influx border. Yeah, which is pushed by whichever president seems to be in power and they they switch it around. But a lot of this, I I can't help but thinking, I, I know this sounds off track, but I think that it's on track. Go back to the, what is the source of the government's ability to do these massive wars and things like that? And I, I keep going back to the Fed. I can't, I can't help but think that no matter how stable the economy is, um, because of the machinations of the, um, of this 
massive credit bubble and the collapse that it's going to cause reverberations of all kinds throughout the economy. I mean, now that's where all these other troubles emerge during hard times. It, you don't feel it when the economy is doing well, but they, they all come to a head when the yeah. economy collapses. And so this very, very powerful institution... I was going to say the will of the people or the consent of the governor, but the the Fed's a good answer too. Yeah, and there's no consent uh, at all. I mean, in a sense, they've the populace has has accepted this notion that central planning and banking is is necessary for the uh, for the country, despite endless proof of of it being disastrous. Yeah, I was going to say on what good evidence, right? Yeah, if if that's your belief. Right on. What are you founding that on? That was uh, I, I interrupted a mini like Toastmaster like event uh, a couple of nights ago. Like I showed up early for a movie, and it looked like everyone was getting ready for the movie, but they weren't. They were doing a Toastmaster thing, and one of the dudes. So I listened to some of the speeches, and one of the dude got up there and started talking about like you know Bitcoin and how he was like you know the Bitcoin maximalist, and Bitcoin was like the one currency to rule them all in the crypto sphere, and then one of uh. One of the guys that um, that was there that I'm, you know, on friendly terms with um, said something like, no, he disagrees because Bitcoin, there's too much hodling of Bitcoin and consumption and spending of the Bitcoin is what will drive the Bitcoin and the crypto economy. And so I, I you know, pulled him off to the side afterwards like, huh, how very Keynesian of you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to suggest that the Bit- that Bitcoin can only be a you know a worthwhile currency if people when it's spent, when it's spent <laughs> you know, and he had good reasons you know like you, you can't move an economy if there's no spending right like you know okay fine that's if that's really all you meant, um, but yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird understanding of how things go so, but if that's you know if that's the belief in the crypto sphere, amongst liberty minded individuals or other you know cryptocurrency fans or fanatics, right, then why wouldn't that translate into normie world when it comes to the Fed and how to how to move the economy forward? Right? That's that's like that's the I want to say foundational aspects of Keynesianism is all these fucking rich people are 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 hoarding their wealth. We need the government to spend something else to get the economy going. Well where does the government get the money? Well they they print it, right? Exactly. So, how does that work? The great illusion. It is. But the thing is, they they accept it because they want to believe. People, um, when you mentioned Toastmasters, I was just, my first thought was, <clears throat> well, you can't get too worked up over Toastmasters because they're putting on a show and you don't know if they really believe it or not. And it's yeah. sort of like a, a mock debate. Well, we'll just do it to, sh- to show our skills at, at debate, but it doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, often Toastmasters, yeah. they don't really believe in it. But it's the, when they really believe in it, that's when you need to. Uh, when this okay, so to be clear, this was not a Toastmasters event. I use Toastmasters because people recognize Toastmasters, yeah, okay. and so therefore it makes it really. This was like, hey, we need to get better at public speaking. Let's do a thing where we all get together and give a public speech. And then we critique everybody on their public speech. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's very Toastmaster esque, but the the topics uh, for this, I think it was the inaugural event, um, was chosen by the individuals. So there wasn't like you have to get up there and <clears throat> scenes from a hat kind of a thing. 
So the guy who was talking about cryptocurrency, it was from the heart. Like this is what he believed about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. I don't think either that or his speech was really good because um, it wasn't the best speech I heard, but I did believe him and uh, in, his, in his sincerity while giving it. Um, same with the criticism. Like the, the reason we got to that, that um, discussion on how to move the Bitcoin thing forward was um, the, the critiquer basically said, no, that was a pretty good speech. The, I guess the only critique I would have is that I disagreed with you, right? Like on, on the topic of which you're discussing, I disagree, but how you gave the speech was, you know, pretty good. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of backstory there. Um, but you know, to, to, to transition that back to, you know, the fed, right. And the illusion, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, which is why, you know, my earlier point of like, I can't believe why people would still watch CNN after all the nonsense that they've gone through is because they want to believe, right. Yeah. They, they cannot reconcile that what they're believing in could possibly be wrong or false in any way. Mm -hmm. And so they believe it and they have to because that mm -hmm. it, it destroys their core of who they are if they didn't. Same with the right, right? Fox yeah, News. Often there's this, uh, the, the mythology, you know, believe despite all contrary evidence, um, you know, that the virtue is in the, the belief and having faith, you know, that ultimately you'll prove right, no matter what. Very religious. Yeah, yeah. Just have faith, have trust, trust the people in charge, trust their, the, your, the powers that be, your betters. I don't know. I can't do it. I personally can't do it. I watched the uh, Matrix trilogy just recently, just this week, actually. And in, in preparation for number four. Throughout, <laughs> the message throughout that is... Keep believing in the one because of the prophecy, the oracle, and uh, and you know. I mean, you know, of course, you're you're making a movie, so of course you can come up with the uh, the correct conclusion. Making a movie in real life, <clears throat> just believing doesn't make it happen. Sure. So a lot of liber libertarians and liberty-minded individuals hold up, you know, that movie as very liberty-oriented or liberty-themed. Would you disagree with that based on that theme of keep believing in the one? <laughs> well, no. I mean, it was great entertainment, really. Uh, good, sure. But I was, con uh, I, you know, the very end of it is <clears throat> um, the, uh, you know, Neo makes a, a deal with the architect, I guess, or the, uh, the, the um, ultimate core of the, of the matrix um, give me peace and I will destroy Smith, the one who is capable somehow of bringing down the whole system. And so it doesn't destroy the system. It doesn't destroy the, the, the machine or the core or anything like that. They've just said, okay, go after, go after Smith and then we'll leave you humans alone for a while, you know? And so is, is Smith the, the libertarian that wants to bring down the whole system? There are theories out there that suggest that Agent Smith is the one. <laughs> yeah that's interesting yeah because he also like, fits yeah. all the archetypes but he, but his objective was to bring it all to an end all even the humans the machine the human and yeah. everything but i don't really understand i mean he he just was tired of it i guess and didn't didn't want to be manipulated so it was suicidal on on smith's part to to do that 
There's yeah. no purpose. Fair Neo enough. had the purpose of, of saving something he loved, uh, either an individual or Zion, the, this community of humans. Yeah, it was, it was um, great entertainment. But we haven't seen the conclusion, which is the next version of The Matrix coming out. Is it really? Yeah. I know a little bit about... I, and it's just going to, you know, throw everybody for a loop. I think that's what it, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a gotcha type thing where uh, you, you won't be able to guess what happens. So, I have a so bu- that Smith really was the hero. <laughs> I, have also, a, I have a buddy. They, they do a lot of just word artistry, you know, that, that I get the feeling that there's, there's a lot of what they're saying just to be provocative, but it, it's not in, really intended to have any meaning. Well... Here's something going to throw you for a loop then, KS. Um, the the Matrix trilogy was uh, written, directed by the Wachowski brothers. Are you familiar yeah. with them? Yeah. Okay. They, didn't they make the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy too? No. No. Oh, they didn't? Oh. Not that I'm aware okay. of. Uh, the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowskis because they both underwent uh, transitions, male to female transitions. So they're both girls now? They're both girls now, allegedly. Really? Depends who you talk to. If you ask Dave Chappelle, no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> and they are on record as saying that the Matrix movies uh, is a metaphor for um, the transitioning experience. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that at all. They're, okay. well, they're trapped in the wrong body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Get me out of here. So, <laughs> so for all the liberty-minded themes and anything you want to put on onto the Matrix, right from the from the writer and director's mouths, <laughs> it's about uh, transgenderism. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> I I have the feeling that they just just wanted to have a contrary. I mean, for every sentence, every assertion, they wanted to have a an unexpected contrary response that that would give it no meaning, but it, but it would, you know, like when you're stoned and you say, wow, that's so deep. I've never done that. <laughs> well, that's <what laughs> the image of the, the college uh, kid who just started, had his first yeah. joint. Uh, says, wow, that's so deep. <laughs> and you, you get that feeling that, that they must've been high when they wrote most of the, of the um, matrix. matrix. My favorite one <laughs> okay. is like, Man, you ever think like someone else could be listening to the exact same song at the exact same time that you're listening to it, man? <laughs> and the and the sober guy goes, "Yeah, I also wow. have FM radio." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so deep. People don't listen to FM radio anymore. They anymore, have streaming right, yeah. services now. <laughs> I do believe it or not, yeah. But that, that's 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 why it seemed deep to this, you know, young millennial dude. <laughs> He's never Chaos experienced still it. Plugged into the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, really. Too much mainstream. <laughs> break free. Yes, I think that, that, that makes no sense either. <laughs> what breaking free from the mainstream? Well, you, you break for three, break free from one Matrix to go into a deeper one. You know, on yeah. the internet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you guys knew all about Joe Rogan and and Sanjay Gupta, and I didn't. 
I, I was, Joe, I Joe Rogan like, is extremely popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he's the UFC of, uh, announcer. So if you ever watch UFC, oh, you have heard okay. Joe Rogan, and yeah. he's he was also he got popular on Fear Factor, which is a popular TV show. And I knew him before um, that from news radio, the TV show. Right. You and, see, you're, and you're saying all of these, and he's these a comedian. Ah. I, does, I know that word. Yeah. He, he does national, you know, tours. He's like one of the biggest comedians out there. So it was. We have to watch one of his. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to because I, uh, yeah, I want to. I mean, if he's a comedian, that that sounds great that he puts comedy behind all this because humor is really the basis. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't for, seen the Chappelle uh, stand-up special, The Closer, I would put that on like the watch list for the evening as well. Did you yeah. see that? And Joe Rogan. Did, uh, he he didn't know he was he was a right wing extremist until they told him <laughs> until some until he started doing uh, a podcast and talking to people just openly. Well, he <laughs> endorsed like, Bernie Sanders. You're you're not you're not towing the the line on everything that we say you should. <laughs> you must be right wing. <laughs> he he so he, he has he said some very libertarians. He has said some very libertarian things in the past, and so libertarians mm-hmm. try to like you know, uh, uh, make Joe Rogan one of ours, right? Like, hey, Joe Rogan's yeah. one of us. Like, we got Joe Rogan. We got Woody Harrelson, Joe Rogan, and I don't know. Who else? And he's he's not really too political. I think I think if he was pressed enough that that he would eventually, like, admit there's a lot, of, a lot more things right with libertarians than there are on the right or left. And, and, and again, several years ago. I don't know how much pressing you'd, you'd have to do. Several years ago, I thought he had been pressed enough because, again, he said very libertarian things at one point in time and then came out and endorsed Bernie Sanders in the last election cycle. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he... So not equates, libertarian. I don't think he equates like politics with um, the ideas that he has. So okay. Fair. I think, I think there's, like, there's like a disconnect in there somewhere. <laughs> Well, the disconnect probably is that he hasn't interviewed the right people to get him back on track. Because maybe, it, maybe not. I don't it know. seems you, like you, you would think he, he's he's capable of thinking for himself. He's pretty smart. Um, but is it just the bubble he surrounds himself with? I don't know. It's like he, he's got people from kind of you know everywhere around him. So right, and I I, I want to, I kind of want to say without knowing enough about Joe Rogan maybe too smart for his own good, right? Because the Joe Rogan experience is always someone way smarter than Joe Rogan explaining shit to Joe Rogan, right? And then from his limited knowledge and experience, he gains some new understanding about the topic that they're, that you know that's on the table for discussion, and then he internalizes it because that dude was way smarter than me, Right? And so when, he, when he's talking to, you know, a left liberal explaining their economic policy, since he is not an economist, right, and not political, right, he just internalizes that, you know, because, well, that dude was way smarter than me, and this is what he was saying. Um, so where I, I, whereas I do think he's capable of thinking for himself, um, I think we are all influenced somewhat, and it's a lot, it's easier to give deference to those who are way smarter than you when they're talking about something you don't understand. That makes sense. So you're basically saying he's not very principled. No, I don't think he's principled at all. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't know how you, I don't know how from a principled stance, you can say those libertarian things in the past. Right. And then go like, yep. Fucking Bernie Sanders is my guy. 
right? That does not jive at all on a matter of principle. Now, if you go, if, if his answer was like, well, Bernie Sanders, I think he's the most sincere. Like, I believe, I believe that Bernie Sanders believes what Bernie Sanders is saying. And so I throw my support behind Bernie Sanders, right? Okay. Well, what's the principle there? Sincerity? Like, that's, that's the value kind of high well, above everything else? Imagine you're surrounded with a whole bunch of crazy people in California that lie so much that, that they can't distinguish lies from truth anymore. I mean, it's just... And then, and then you get someone like, like Bernie that, oh, well, he, he sounds sincere. Maybe that's all it takes. Like, just, just, I just want somebody who's honest and stands up for what they believe. Okay. Um, it might not be the right thing, but you haven't got that far yet because you haven't met anybody sincere in politics before. So, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> you know? why I would, that's why I would say he probably needs to interview some more liberty-minded libertarians on the show, yeah. right, who, who can hold their own explain and set Joe Rogan straight um, and get, you know, get him back on our side for a while. Uh, you know, this was talking with free talk live. Um, I was talking with Mark edge at one point <laughs> and he didn't quite understand how big Joe Rogan was. Like, he's like, yeah, we got like this many listeners and you know, this many podcasts is like, you know, way bigger than podcasting. Like the radio, radio, this radio show way bigger than podcasting. Like, do you even fucking know who Joe Rogan is, man? He's like, we're bigger <laughs> than Joe Rogan. I go, you, we are not bigger than Joe Rogan. He goes, <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan is not a podcast anymore. He's he's a Spotify he's his own media. Yeah, he's his own media at this point. Understood. But this was like a couple years ago when Joe Rogan was wasn't on Spotify and was just the Joe Rogan sure. Experience podcast. Yeah. And you know, so he looked up like the you know the Joe Rogan Experience download numbers. He's like. Joe Rogan's fucking way bigger than us, like by a hundredfold. <laughs> like, I know, I know, Joe, he's huge, man. You know, and, and so when we were talking about, you know, how, how to get um, liberty-minded individuals, like um, we were talking to um, Lynn Ulbricht, Ross Ulbricht's mother, who's been mm-hmm. on the campaign to get Ross Ulbricht either, you know, pardoned or sentenced, commuted or whatever, but just getting out of prison because he's already served way more than justifiable for his alleged crimes, right? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I need to explain that to you, KS, are you familiar with Ross Albrecht? <laughs> no. I, oh, Jesus. So he, he's the guy that ran uh, the website Silk Road that people oh, used to oh, trade oh, drugs oh, on. Yes, yes. He went to prison, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Double life. So not, nonviolent person, yeah. Double life Double life sentence for a, for a nonviolent basically operating a website. Um, and I think he's like, in, he's up to eight years or so now. So Lynn Albrecht is always on a campaign to get him out. And I said, well, God damn it. Why aren't we like uh, coordinatedly blasting that Joe Rogan interview Lynn Ulbricht, right? Like that should be the thing. At Joe Rogan, yeah, yeah. interview Lynn sure. Ulbricht. And this just should be like a sustained mass campaign, you know, right. where for any hashtag for Joe Rogan, fucking he'll see and it's got uh, interview Lynn Ulbricht and get him well, on it. That's a fantastic idea. We should do that. We should, but I suggested it. And then no, everyone's like, nah, fucking, I don't need to be. And I go, all right. I mean, <laughs> you were missing the bandwagon, fella, because I don't think why, you guys why, understand. Why isn't, why isn't Lynn doing that? We should be talking to Lynn, not Joe Rogan. I understand that. But, but Lynn Ulbricht is not going to get on Joe Rogan by asking to go on Joe Rogan. Right? There, well, there needs it, to be a it, campaign. If she, because she is the campaign, if she says that's my priority then that's where it will go understood 
And when I, I, I spoke directly, Lynn Obra came out to one of our events. I suggested something similar to her. I don't know if it was exactly like, you got to get on Joe Rogan. But mm-hmm. her focus at that time was, I got to get in touch with the president because the president is the only one that can, that can issue the pardon. So sure. when, when Donald Trump was in town, right, you know, for a campaign event or whatever, right, the, all the free Ross people went to the Trump rally to hold mm-hmm. free Ross signs and try to get Trump to see hashtag free Ross. Right. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, spin your wheels if you want to. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a, it's, it's valid to do that too, but uh, yeah, you know, if that, so that didn't work, then you spin the other way. Right. But my idea was like poo pooed and dismissed because the only thing mm-hmm. that mattered was getting to the ear of, of the president. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why, you know, if we, if we believe that Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden is going to be elected, right. Why not get in their ear early so you don't have to, like, make this up either? And that was also poo-pooed, right? Like, no, Trump is the only one, right? Trump Trump has the power, all the focus on Trump. And I go, oh, you guys are missing the bigger picture, right? Politicians yeah. will lead the parade, but if you but you got to get enough people around and, it. And I also think there was a bit of uh, uh, loyal, you know, undeserved loyalty to Trump, um, you know, I don't, and I don't understand why they would assume Trump would win a free Ross. Um, he, he hasn't done anything for all the other uh, whistleblowers. So why give him the chance for that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Because he's there the only one with the power. Would, that was the There answer. was talk that, uh, that he might do something for Edward Snowden, but I, I didn't see why. I mean, for the same reason that MC mentioned, I didn't see that he ever expressed any particular particular interest in in that i mean he only expressed interest in something that would advance his his uh, agenda but not or his own particular yeah status but not for any other cause outside of himself and and that's kind of why i didn't think that what they were doing was going to be effective right like trump trump's trump's a businessman right he's not going to do for free he's going to do for trump and you got to give him a reason that this is going to be good for trump We'll mm-hmm. we'll swing you know millions of votes toward your toward your toward you if you know if you if you pardon uh, Ross Ulbricht right kind of a thing yeah but they don't have enough power to swing that many votes so they had nothing to offer they were begging but if you get if you get her on Joe Rogan's show right Joe Rogan can swing that many votes right with with proper interview and proper you know positioning of the topic why not. That's where Sounds the, like a plan. I thought it was a great plan. No one liked it. No one else liked it. I'm glad you did. No, I mean, it's if you got Trump coming to town, go for it. But if it doesn't work, then do the other way. So Yeah. Well, and again, what I was suggesting wasn't predicated on a politician being in town, right? It right. was like the entire country spamming Joe Rogan to get Lynn Ulbricht on to talk about this. Okay. And then from there... Right, the, the influence the influence of the Joe Rogan show and the millions upon millions of listeners, right, could then potentially be activated to do something political, like write the president or write a congressman or show up to rallies in that town instead of just you know a handful of people scattered about. Who and even that ha- even that minimal handful, right? The the va- the the average person doesn't know Russ Albrecht and. If they do, um, are spoiled on the mainstream narrative about what Ross Ulbricht did. 
And right. that needed to be corrected with a much larger voice. All right. I All got right. something to do. All right. Headlines? Or is there anything else? Well, that one about the woman who went to prison for her miscarriage, that... Yeah, we can do that one. Headline! Okay. You... It's going to get kind of... Um, I'll read it. I'll read it. But it's there's more to it than just the headline. So just uh, curb your judgment until we get in here she's probably a horrible person yeah okay yeah (laughs) woman convicted of she use a a a coat hanger (laughs) uh no because it was a miscarriage not an abortion uh woman convicted of manslaughter sentenced to four years in prison prison for having a miscarriage whatever this system is it is not pro-life here we go Brittany pula has been sitting in an oklahoma jail for more than a year and a half. She will spend still more time behind bars, having been recently convicted of first-degree manslaughter and sentenced to four years in prison for miscarrying her child last year. In May 2020, Pula, then a teen, arrived at a local hospital after losing the fetus at 17 weeks. She was soon transferred to a cell and charged with a felony on the theory that drug abuse had led to the fetus's demise. At trial, the veracity of the claim was in doubt, with an expert witness for the prosecution testifying that Pula's drug use may not have been a direct cause of death. An autopsy concluded that the unborn child had tested positive for methamphetamines and amphetamine, but it also found a congenital abnormality, placental abruption, and chorioamniotitis. I may have pronounced that wrong. An infection associated with maternal uh, perinatal and long-term adverse outcomes, including stillbirth. In other words, it's entirely possible that Pula's miscarriage had nothing to do with her behavior. No expert at trial stated that her drug use caused the miscarriage, said uh, Dana Sussman, Deputy Executive Director for the National Advocates for Pregnant Women. It's a confounding case on many levels. Perhaps most confusing is how exactly Pula's prosecution fits with the state's current abortion law, which allow women to terminate a pregnancy prior to 20 weeks gestation. Though Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill in April that would outlaw abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, it was not slated to take effect until November 1st and has been temporarily blocked by the courts. Pula's pregnancy ended well before that, and Pula wasn't even seeking an abortion. She had a miscarriage, possibly through no fault of her own, and she will now suffer a barrage of legal consequences not experienced by Oklahoma women who ask doctors to terminate their pregnancies. Last year, the Oklahoma Supreme Court ruled that criminal laws can be applied to pregnant women in the context of child abuse and child neglect, and therefore, by extension, manslaughter and murder when the harm is felt by a viable fetus, says Sussman. Viability is understood to begin at 24 weeks. As a legal matter, Pula's conviction and sentence go against the foundation of how the U.S. approaches such issues. I'm less interested in the legal argument, though, than in considering the deleterious effects of holding women criminally accountable when they lose a pregnancy. Such an approach, I believe, is in fact pro-life. It is not, in fact, pro-life. It should go without saying that taking meth is not a good idea. Doing so while pregnant is doubly irresponsible and reckless. But putting women on trial for poor choices that inadvertently harm their fetuses 
is the sort of slippery slope that will both punish undeserving people and harm the long-term health of women and babies. That isn't a hypothetical. Suspin noted that there are several similar prosecutions coming down the pipeline, and Pulaz was by no means the first. There was Marche Jones, an Alabama woman who in 2019 lost her child after she was shot in the stomach. The state alleged that she started the conflict, which then led to her being shot, which then led to her losing the fetus. Even if Jones did initiate the altercation, it does not follow that she knew or should have known her opponent was armed, that her opponent would use lethal force in response, wrote Reasons Elizabeth Nolan Brown at the time. Plenty of people, even sometimes pregnant women, get into altercations that don't end with anyone shooting anyone else. Still more perplexing is the issue of inviting harm and where the state decides to draw the line. Drinking alcohol in certain quantities during certain parts of pregnancy is sometimes associated with increased chance of miscarriage, but where exactly the deadly threshold is remains mired in uncertainty. Should a struggling alcoholic go to prison for maybe causing the death of her fetus? People have complex problems and addictions aren't easily solved by throwing someone in prison for several years. Every single medical and public health association or organization in this country has condemned the use of criminal law to address drug use and pregnancy, Ed Sussman. It sends a message that they should avoid prenatal care, that they should not be honest with their doctors, not try to get the help that they need, and puts them uh, in a really difficult situation to have healthy pregnancies. Pula showed up at a hospital of her own free will. Prosecutions like this will make it less likely that others in her situations will do the same. Get an abortion and you'll stay free, the state implies. But if you show up at a hospital for help during or after a miscarriage, we might imprison you for years. Whatever this system is, it is not pro-life. End of the article. So your thoughts. Um, a lot of ifs, maybes, who knows is in there. Where do you guys come down on this issue? Um, Anybody? I'm going to sit this one out. I don't I, really care. <laughs> I would say definitely she should not have been sent to jail. Okay. I mean, that's a clear kind of signal to everyone, don't get pregnant at all. I mean, even if you want to have children, don't get pregnant because there's a chance you could go to jail for something that wasn't your um, you know, your fault. Now, in this case, it could be argued, oh, well, it was sort of her f- fault that she took these drugs. But there are a lot of drugs out there that aren't illegal drugs that still do yeah. uh, harm to um to people. Ah, and, but they tell you no drinking, no nicotine, reduce your caffeine intake for the good of the fetus. And she was on meth and other amphetamines. Who yeah, will think of the I, children? Yeah, but I, there again to, um, I guess it could be pointed out that other women give birth to children, even though they've been meth addicts and the child survives and is glad to have, um, that the, Mother didn't, um, the mother had them and the mother didn't get them aborted or, you know. Um, so, I mean, as long as you could find one case where it was successful, you could say, well, she thought it was, her case was going to be that way. There was no intent, I think, to, um, to specifically do harm to the, to the child in this manner. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I just to have the state make this judgment on the, on, on her case and think that her life is better that anybody's life is better in jail is bizarre. Yeah. Any, any comments on the timing, right? Like you can abort up to 20 weeks. She was only 17 weeks pregnant at the time. Uh, viability is understood at 24 weeks. So she was still only 17 weeks at the time. Like, 
Yeah, it could no. be, um, I mean, you know, a, a different kind of abortion. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts? Nope. Final thoughts. Have a great day. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up there. Uh, you guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, if you'd like to join the show, uh, be live on Clubhouse, find the club, join it, or find me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, uh, so you know when I start the live broadcast. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.